It's good to see you all tonight. Welcome back. I'm learning through our time on Sunday nights and Wednesday nights that we have a bunch of back row Baptists in this church. We're told to turn around and greet those around us and I turn around and there's nobody around me. It's all right though. Love you guys too. Well, tonight is our fourth session in the gospel-centered family of five sessions. We'll conclude this particular study uh, next Sunday night at this time. And we have the last couple weeks, um, well, actually prior to last Sunday, which we took a break and had a family worship gathering night. But a couple Sunday nights before that, we looked specifically at God's design for marriage and sexuality and talked about uh, gender roles and the picture, the biblical picture of marriage and what that looks like according to the Word of God. And tonight, uh, we shift gears just a little bit and we talk about following God's design before and outside of marriage, before and outside of marriage. And uh, intentionally approach this this way because the picture of marriage that's found in Scripture uh, as an institution of God and, and His design for it should inform uh, our other relationships, specifically our relationships uh, with uh, the opposite gender outside of marriage. And so uh, some of the principles may have seemed to exclus- exclusively apply to marriage couples in the last couple of weeks, certainly not all of them, but some of them um, specifically, but tonight nobody is off the hook um, because these certainly apply to all of us. And uh, Originally, a number of these were sort of written thinking of, of young people uh, that were preparing to, to one day be married, but this goes much broader than that because these should be true of all of our relationships outside of our marriage relationships. So what does all of this stuff mean that we've covered so far for non-marital male-female relationships? What does it mean for non-marital male-female relationships? Firstly, since men and women have equal worth before God, we should always treat each other with dignity. We should always treat each other with dignity. Genesis chapter 1. So God created mankind, talking about male and female, humankind, the human race, in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. A picture of a glimpse, a snapshot of what it means to be created in the image of God and to have a special place in creation. The fact that our brothers and sisters and all people are created in the image of God ought to influence the way that we treat one another. Because men and women were created with different roles, we should value and respect our differences. We should value and respect our differences. Some of the differences that we've talked about already. Some of them we'll talk uh, about tonight. But we ought to know how 
We have to want to know how we're different uh, because this is God's design. He intentionally created us different. The differences between men and women are part of God's design, part of His picture, part of His idea. And so we ought to, to want to glorify Him by understanding each other and respecting our differences. Genesis chapter 2, verses 18 and 24, the Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. That is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife, and they become one flesh. And so the implication, idea there is that they're different. There's a difference. They're not the same. We're not the same. Men and women are not the same. So how are we different uh, besides the obvious? We won't go there. Um, and these are stereotypical. Uh, this is not 100% the case all the time. But these are speaking in general terms about differences between men and women. And I think you know these. But girls prefer romance more than guys do. Generally speaking, girls prefer romance more than guys do. This is why we have something called a chick flick, right? <laughs> guys prefer action. Guys prefer action. Guys are more hands-on. We like to do things. We like to get out and build something or fix something or play something or whatever. But we prefer action, generally speaking. Girls are highly relational and highly verbal. Girls are highly relational and highly... (laughs) Somebody said, hey, man, it wasn't me. (laughs) (laughs) guys are more physical and visual guys are more physical and visual and so because these things are true there ought to be specific instructions for both men and women in light of these truths ladies be wise in how you dress be wise in how you dress 1 Timothy chapter 2 verse 9 I also want the women to dress modestly with decency and propriety, adorning themselves not with elaborate hairstyles or gold or pearls or expensive clothes. In other words, don't flaunt your looks. Don't flaunt your looks in public, especially some of the features that we read about from Solomon last week. Don't flaunt your looks. (laughs) Solomon chapter 4, go home and read it. Because I read it last week. So what else for the ladies? Respect your Christian brothers. Respect your Christian brothers. In other words, respect, respect them by knowing how they're different than you are and acting uh, accordingly. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Romans chapter 12, verse 10. Certainly uh, instructions for Christians as Christians treat other believers. And no doubt say that that applies to men and women as well. So also, ladies, treat yourself with dignity. Treat yourself with dignity. Psalm 139, For you created my inmost being. This is David speaking to God. You created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. In other words, God made you. 
treat yourself in a way that recognizes that God made you, that He intentionally made you the way that He made you, that He values you. Treat yourself with dignity. Galatians 2.20, I've been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave Himself for me. In other words, you... If you know the Lord, if you've trusted in Christ for salvation, you are the Lord's. You've been crucified. The old sin nature has been put to death. Christ is living in you. Your life is His. All of you is His. Treat yourself and treat your body with dignity. What about guys? Guys, be careful what you see. Be careful what you see. Matthew chapter 5, verses 28 through 30. This is... Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount. But I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out and throw it away. It's better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. If your right hand causes you to stumble, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to go into hell. Now we know that Jesus often spoke in strong language like this. and Don't think he was communicating that the first time you sin, and the first time you lust, literally pluck your eyes out. But what Jesus was communicating is that sin is very serious before God. It is a serious offense to God. Don't allow sin, a life that pursues sin, to, to keep you from Repenting and turning to Christ for salvation, for forgiveness, and for healing, and for restoration. So guys, be careful what you see. Also, control your mind. Control your mind. Sexual immorality is a battle that wages war on the mind. Constantly fought in the mind. So to learn to control our minds, then we are certainly a leg up. In this particular area, Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. And so... At least on some level, for believers, there's a way that we can control what we think. Often it certainly feels like we can't, but we have instructions in Scripture to, to get rid of thoughts that are not pleasing to God and to replace them with thoughts that are obedient to Christ. And so we're instructed to fill our minds with things that are pleasing to the Lord. This is not a, a battle that we can simply try hard enough and overcome. Rather, we're to replace thoughts that are not pleasing to God with things that we know that are pleasing to God. Fill our minds with the Word of God. Memorize Scripture. Meditate on the Word. Lift praises to God. Control our minds in that way. And lastly, guys, let's honor our Christian sisters. Honor your Christian sisters. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Because husbands and wives are to reflect who God is and 
already talked about that. We're to reflect who God is, a, a picture of who God is and our relationships with one another. You can prepare for your future role in marriage, teach God's design for marriage, and biblically influence the culture by knowing God. Because the relationship between a husband and a wife is an outward expression of the relationship, at least part of the relationship between the Trinitarian God that we worship, that we serve, God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. We can prepare for, for a future marriage if that's where we are in life. We, or we can teach God's design for marriage. Or we can biblically influence the culture for God's design for marriage by knowing God. Exodus chapter 6, I will take you as my own people and I will be your God. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God who brought you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. And I will bring you to the land I swore with uplifted hand to give to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. I will give it to you as a possession. I am the Lord. John chapter 17 verse 3. Now this is eternal life that they know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. We want to know God, structure your life to know Him more. Structure your life to know Him more. Spend time with Him. Intentional time with God. Time in His Word. Time in prayer. Time meditating on the things that you know are pleasing to God. Time singing praises to God. Time with the people of God. Matthew chapter 22, verse 29. Jesus replied, You are in error because you do not know the Scriptures or the power of God. Let's not be in error because we don't know the Scriptures. Philippians chapter 3, verse 10. I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of His resurrection and participation in His sufferings, becoming like Him in His death. To structure our lives to know Him more. Also, let's examine the relationship between God the Father and God the Son. Examine the relationship between God the Father and God the Son. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son whom I love. With Him I am well pleased. The Son was joyfully obedient to the Father. Joyfully following the leadership of the Father. John chapter 4, verse 34. My food said Jesus, is to do the will of Him who sent me and to finish His work. Examine the relationship between God the Father and God the Son. Since marriage exists for God's glory, and we said that previously, let's regard it as sacred. Regard it as sacred. It's God's design. Let's thank God for His great design of marriage. This is His plan He thought this thing up. He created it. And he not only deserves our obedience in that area of our lives, but also our thankfulness for His wisdom, for His plan. We cannot improve on it. Often we think we can. We think we can come up with something better than God's design, but we can't. We're not God. He's God. Mark chapter 10, verse 9. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 4. Marriage should be honored by all and the marriage bed kept pure. For God will judge the adulterer and all the sexually immoral. 
Let's regard marriage as sacred. How can we do that? By taking marriage seriously. Take marriage seriously. Don't do things now that might take away from your current marriage or your future marriage. Don't do, don't do things that would subtract from it or take away from it. God's designed for it. He certainly knows what is best. Guys, treat ladies the way you would want your wife to be treated. Whether that's your current wife or your future wife. Treat ladies the way you would want your wife to be treated with dignity, with respect. Ladies, treat guys the way you would want your husband to be treated. You don't just need to live in light of God's grace later. This is something we said earlier that your marriage will depend on what you do with the grace of God. But you don't just need to live in light of God's grace later. You need to today. Live in light of the grace of God today. We're all sinners. We've all fallen short. We're all in in need of grace. Romans chapter 3, as it is written, there is no one righteous, not even one. There is no one who understands. There is no one who seeks God. All have turned away. They have together become worthless. There is no one who does good, not even one. Their throats are open graves. Their tongues practice deceit. The poison of vipers is on their lips. Their mouths are full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Ruin and misery mark their ways. In the way of peace they do not know. There's no fear of God before their eyes, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All are sinners. Grace is vital for every Christian relationship. It's a family relationship or friendship or relationship with an employee or employer or a neighbor, whatever it is. Grace is important for our relationships, but especially in our family relationships, especially in our family relationships. We need to learn to forgive. Learn to forgive. Colossians chapter 3, verse 12. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. So learn to forgive. Also, learn to be forgiven. Learn to be forgiven. Matthew chapter 26. Then he took a cup. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you. I will not drink from this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. Picture of the Lord's Supper. Jesus with his followers. And this this is a memorial for what I've done for you. The blood that was spilled for you. The body that was broken for you for the forgiveness of your sins. Let's look to Christ for assurance of our forgiveness. You trusted Christ. You have been forgiven already. Look to Christ for the assurance of that forgiveness. First John 1 John 1.9 If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just. And will forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Hebrews chapter 12 too speaks of 
The joy that was set before Christ when he endured the cross. And that joy was a restored relationship between us and our creator. Jesus desired to do that because he knew the outcome. The outcome would be forgiveness and reconciliation for us. Learn to be forgiven. And first and foremost, we do that by looking to Christ for assurance of forgiveness. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 9-11. through 11. Turn the page too soon. Another reason I wrote you was to see if you would stand the test and be obedient in everything. Anyone you forgive, I also forgive. And what I have forgiven, if there was anything to forgive, I have forgiven in the sight of Christ... For your sake, in order that Satan might not outwit us, we are not unaware of his schemes. Because marriage is a picture of the gospel, we support God's design for marriage. We said that already, that marriage is a picture of something much grander, much greater. It's a picture of the gospel. It's a picture of Christ's love for the church. Because we believe that is the the central message, the central story of our existence, the reason that we gather together as the people of God, we support God's design for marriage knowing that it is an outward expression of something far, far greater. Do not profane marriage by seeking intimacy before or outside of marriage. Do not profane marriage by seeking intimacy before or outside of marriage. To profane means to treat it as common, the opposite of sacred. This is no big deal. This is the the picture of what we saw back last summer in Malachi chapter 1 when the priests were bringing lame animals and crippled animals and diseased animals and offering them before God as if it was no big deal. Not giving Him their best and their first, which is what He deserved and what He required. Don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for the believers in speech and conduct and love and faith and impurity. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 12. When it comes to dating or friendships with the opposite sex, run from physical involvement. Run from physical involvement. Flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a person commits are outside the body, but whoever sins sexually sins against their own body. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, 18. 2 Timothy 2, 22. Flee the evil desires of youth and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Operative word in both of those passages, flee. Run from these things. The truth is, because of our proclivity to sin, We are not strong enough to fight temptation on our own. We're not strong enough to stand our ground and act as if we're better than this or we're better than temptation. Rather, we're told in Scripture, this is why we're told in Scripture, to run from it, run from temptation, and run after the Lord. Always treat one another with dignity. Always treat one another with dignity. I already mentioned Romans chapter 12, verse 10. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Psalm 139, talking about God created us. We're His design. His works are wonderful. You're a work of God. and So is your neighbor. So is your friend. So is your coworker. So is your children and grandchildren and your parents and grandparents. and All people made in the image of God. And because all are made in God's image, All are incredibly valuable before God. And if He values all creatures that way, all His 
children that way, all human beings that way, then we ought to value each other as well by treating each other with dignity. John chapter 3 verse 16 speaks of how much he values men and women, boys and girls. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. So when it comes to dating or friendships with the opposite sex, run from physical involvement, always treat one another with dignity and respect your differences. Respect your differences. Ladies, do not draw extra attention to your body. We've already touched on that. Your beauty should not come from outward adornment, such as elaborate hairstyles and the wearing of gold jewelry or fine clothes. Rather, it should be that of your inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. For this is the way the holy women of the past who put their hope in God used to adorn themselves. And this was spoken in a context in which... uh, ostentatious jewelry and and hairstyles, elaborate hairstyles of drawing extra attention to outward beauty was common, particularly among uh, the elite. And so Paul is writing, or Peter is writing, excuse me, saying, that's not where your beauty comes from. Your beauty comes uh, from inside. Guys, appreciate the things that God values. Appreciate the things that God values. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. First Samuel chapter 16, verse 7. A charm is deceptive, and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Honor her for all that her hands have done and let her works bring her praise at the city gate. Proverbs chapter 31, verses 30 and 31. It's a picture of a woman who loves and lives for her God. A woman who loves and lives for the Lord. Just as a side note, those of us that are married, let's let our spouses know that we appreciate these things that are important when we see them, when we witness them. If you have a, 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 a believing spouse that loves the Lord, thank them. Let's verbally thank them for the commitment and, that they have to the Lord, and the devotion that they have to Him. And even if that's not the case, when you see particular qualities that are characteristic of someone who is a believer, and let's acknowledge those. Let's recognize what a gem we have, what a jewel we have in someone that loves the Lord. Don't allow a dating relationship to hinder your relationship with God. Don't allow a dating relationship to hinder your relationship with God. And we can say the same thing about a friendship. Don't allow a friendship to hinder your relationship with God. John chapter 17, verse 3. Now this is eternal life, that they know you the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Eternal life hinges on you knowing Christ. Value knowing Christ above all else, above all other relationships. Philippians chapter 3 verse 10, I want to know Christ. Knowing God is our highest calling and our greatest joy. Our highest calling and greatest joy and For this reason, when it comes to dating relationships, only date other believers. Only date other believers. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 14 through 16. 
Do not be yoked together with unbelievers. For what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? What harmony is there between Christ and Belial? Or what does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? What agreement is there between the temple of God and idols? For we are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I would live with them and walk among them. And I will be their God. And they will be my people. This is for our own good. Let's run after purity. Run after purity. How can a young person stay on the path of purity? By living according to your word. I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. How can we stay pure? By living according to scripture. How can we live according to scripture if we don't know scripture? Stay in the word. Read the word. Study the word. Memorize the word. Fill your mind with the word of God. It is our greatest weapon in this battle. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Matthew chapter 5, verse 8. Also, let's focus on God's grace in our life. Focus on God's grace in your life. That is compassion. There's a typo there. That makes sense. Let his compassion toward you motivate you into right living. Let his compassion motivate you into right living. This is the picture of what we saw this morning, is it not? In the parable of the vineyards, of the vineyard, the labors in the vineyard, that it was the generosity of God that ought to motivate us to want to serve God, to be devoted to God, to live for God. Romans chapter 2, verse 4. Do you. Do you show contempt for the riches of his kindness, forbearance, and patience? Not realizing that God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance. It's focus on God's grace because it's his grace that motivates us. It's his grace that leads us. His grace that compels us to, to want to live for him. And lastly tonight, let's remember whose we are. Remember whose you are. Romans chapter 6, verses 11 and following. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. Do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life. And offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness. For sin shall no longer be your master because you are not under the law but under grace. Written in a context in which people are saying, well, if salvation is solely by the grace of God. If it doesn't come according to the law, then I can live however I want to, right? And the biblical truth is no. You're not your own. You were bought at a price. The price of the life of Christ. Therefore, He deserves your devotion. He deserves your life. And if you know Him and if you realize and recognize His grace, then you should want to live for Him because He is your God. You are a child of God. And in your relationships, live like one of His. Colossians chapter 3, verse 12. Therefore... As God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience.
good instructions for us as we seek to live lives that are pleasing to the Lord. Our marriages and our families and every walk of life and every relationship, be it a friendship or whatever, for the glory of God. Next week in our final session, we're going to shift gears just a little bit. We're going to look at the relationship between parents and children briefly. And then we will conclude with some principles for us as we seek to live out God's design in our families in a way that uh, is countercultural in the culture that we live in and how we can best go about doing that for the glory of God. Well, let's pray together and we'll be dismissed tonight. Father, we thank you for these few moments. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the clear instructions that are found for us in your word. Lord, we're grateful uh, for the truth that you give us, the picture that you show us, the demonstration of grace and love that you have so clearly portrayed by coming to us and giving of yourself for us, the greatest sacrifice so that we might know you. Lord, we thank you for that picture of love. Lord, we pray that because of your great love for us, we would desire to, to obey you, to worship you through our actions, through our thoughts, in our relationships, and that we would do so in a way that is pleasing to you. And it's in Jesus' name I pray and ask these things. Amen.